You are listening to season three of the Week Pastor Podcast, where we view Christianity through the lens of vulnerability. Welcome to the Week Pastor Podcast. We are so delighted that you've joined us for our very first episode in 2024. 2024. Can we? Can you believe we're in 2024? I used to watch movies in the 90s about futuristic movies about like 2010, 2012. We're in 2024, Sua. That's crazy. That's crazy. I cannot talk because I am already putting my New Year's <laughs> resolutions to life, which is to eat my body weight in grams of protein a day. Um, she, I will she's not eating reveal a protein to you. Bar. Yeah. Mm. I will yeah, not reveal to you how much her- that is, but let's just say it's over 100. <laughs> <laughs> it's over 100, less than 200. That's my range. <laughs> wow, that's a, that's a crazy range there. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so Happy New Year, everyone. We are so thankful that you've joined us today on uh, the very first episode of 2024. And we hope that you guys had a great holiday. We hope that you had a great New Year's as well. And we hope that the 2024 year has started off really well for all of you. So we're just so grateful that you joined us. And we're going to have a real fun episode today. Super fun episode. Uh, last season, or last year, I should say, Sue did an episode about Ask PP some questions. And I thought it went really well. And I just said to her, I was like, you know what? I want to ask you some questions. We should do an episode where I get to ask you some questions so that you can share some of your thoughts with the audience. And so my questions are all over the place. Uh, Love it. Indicative of my ADHD. Okay, it's all (laughs) over the place. Yours are very specific about church, about theology, about the Bible. Mine's just all over the place. So I I think you guys will be uh, thoroughly entertained uh, by this episode today because I worked really hard on these questions. But before we get to that, Sua does have a question for us. I do. So what is that question? It's a very nostalgic question as we enter 2024. Um, 2024. Hold on. Were you born in 1973 or four? Four. So I was born in 1984. So 2024 is a milestone year for us, for both of us. You're going to be 40. 40. I know. So I feel like it's a good time to kind of take a little time machine and go back to our childhood and Mm. think about Mm -hmm. what is best memory that you have from your childhood we're going to become yeah. children today and think about our childhood oh far, far man. Away. okay childhood mm-hmm. oh that's tough all right so, so tough because there's I'm so not, many or tough because there's so little? no it's because i don't have much because my childhood was pretty bad <laughs> it's, honestly I, it's just it was filled with so much fear and terror mm. uh, like at home and at school it's hard for me to like to single. I mean, I guess, I guess, I guess, I could say this, but then I have one in high school, so I want okay, to share you that. High one. school, you like I think school. I was like, a, no, no, but let, let me share this one. All right, I think one of the best moments in, in when I was a little child, I was in Queens, and uh, the year before, like Christmas time, uh, the year before, my mother brought me a pair of uh, black polyester socks for my Christmas. Present. Oh, I showed this at Metro recently. This, this was a sermon and, illustration. Like, Sua, I was so disappointed. Like, and I know she saw that on my face because I'm just like, what the heck is this? Like, you bought me, like, I just thought, like, did you regift this? Is this dad's socks? And you just like gave it to me? Like, I just didn't know. Like, why would you buy me? No, but I feel uh, so sad for your mom, black. though. Yeah. Yeah. So I could, I could only imagine it probably like hurt her because she mm. couldn't really afford anything. And that was the best she could do for me, whatever. But the next year, so this is, I was probably like in first grade. I think this was like when I was in second grade. You know what she got me? I might have shared this. Well, I know what, what she got you, but you should talk about it. Okay. She got me an entire toy set 
of Chips. Chips was uh, it's called California Highway oh Interstate Patrol. It was an amazing show back in the day. Chips. I, I, I always wanted to be a cop, so I had the helmet, I had the gun, I had the hank. I, mean, I was like arresting my sisters. Like it was just so good. Like I just, I had everything. I had the you know. I, I that was that was one of the happiest moments. Like as a kid in my life when she got me that. You talk about a contrast going from black polyester socks to a chips like police officer like toy set it was incredible i, I mean that. it was absolutely incredible so that was probably one of the best moments um best moments in my life uh, i would say like another one would be i think i was in ninth grade i forget when it was but we actually drove down to california uh, to um not california to, to florida it had been the first time our family had ever taken a trip like that and uh and we went all the way to uh disneyland and disney world and we just had such a great time like it was actually the first time I saw my parents hold hands. Oh my gosh. Like that's that, huge, especially in Korean culture. That never. Like they were so happy. They, they were so happy. And it was like, I mean, actually, like the first time like I saw like my mother and father, like they were just kind of joking in front of us, but they kissed in front of us. And I was like, That's huge. What the heck is going on that's here? This huge. is weird. And Disney is like the best place on earth. Disney's amazing. Man. It brings the best I'm out such of a people. Disney fan. And girl. honestly, like my parents held hands like when we were walking around for the rides and they kissed. We couldn't yeah, believe that, that's like, crazy. What that's the really world crazy. What's going on here? So, yeah. anyway, I would say that was probably my fondest memory that I have of, of growing up. I just thought, wow, this is great. And uh, we had such a great time as a family and uh, it was just so much fun. I still think, I still think of that time incredibly like with such fondness because that was also the time that we first met my mother's cousin she never like they i don't know how he found her but he found her somehow and he called her and uh and then we realized we actually have family like because mm. we grew up our whole lives never having cousins and we're so envious right, of other right. families who had cousins <clears throat> and we were like wait a minute that means we have cousins they live in florida and so yeah even though they're like my second cousins but still close enough family blood related family and so we met them. We hung, like it was. It was honestly. It was. It was an amazing time. So that would say that was by far the best time I've uh, uh, growing up. I've I've ever had. So what about you, Sua? Um, that sounds great. I love Disney World. I have been trying to get back <laughs> to Disney World since we went last time, which has been several years now. It was pre-COVID, I think. But it's so expensive. How, do you know I how hate, expensive Disney World is? Now. I hate it. Yeah, I hate amusement park. You can't get me to go to places it's like that. I just so, it, so expensive. Yes. Literally, it's more expensive. So Disney cost us more than my my trip to Rome. I mean, it's completely <laughs> ridiculous at this point. How much you know is the tickets now? Ticket is it like a hundred dollars for one place? No, 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 no. It's way more than a hundred dollars. Really? It's much more than a hundred dollars. Yeah. Yeah. I mean yeah. it's it's yeah, it's not, not on my salary. Yeah. So yeah, gonna do not that. gonna happen. Yeah. Um, but my fondest memory, what it does you? involve, it does involve travel. Um, so it's, I mean, okay. I don't know if it's one single memory, but during my years in Guatemala, every summer we went to Korea because my grandma was still alive. Like my Whoa, dad's mom. Nice. So nice. basically from five to, I want to say like 11, every summer we would spend about two months in Korea. Um, mm. which explains also why I speak Korean. It's because it was like an immersive mm -hmm. experience every summer. Um, but mm. my grandma, whose love language is giving money, 
Um, and my love language to receive is also receiving money. And so mm -hmm. when we went go Who's to Korea, love that's everyone's exactly, love language. Yeah. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> so when we would go to Korea, my grandma would give us each a giant envelope full of cash to spend for our trip. And so, one of the things I love about Korean culture. Oh, it's just so like, amazing. Yes. And then you like, know, grandparents like, just give yeah. you an envelope full of money, but not just grandparents. Like you know, Everyone, I would see uncles, family, aunts. Yeah. Like you know, the first thing they would always say is like, "Wow, you are really tan." And then the second thing is they would give us cash. <laughs> and we yes. were we were like little Latinas, Latinos. Like we were so yeah. so dark. Um, and so I just remember the the whole summer was me, my brother, and my cousins just running around the neighborhood going to it's called Bumbangu. it's basically like a stationary shop okay but basically yeah. they sell like toys like pens mm -hmm. like all sorts of things my brother and my cousins would literally buy those like you know those like robots that you assemble yeah you know those yeah. like toy robots like gundam yeah. and stuff and yeah. then i would be buying like little origami papers and like holding like cranes all day we would go to the bookstores and read like manga you know like comic books like mm -hmm. chick. Mm -hmm. like this is just how we spent every single summer just like worry free full of materialism like it was just amazing so fun it was amazing it was yeah. amazing and so to this day the feeling of getting on an airplane and getting off. Now the airport is different because it used to be Kimpo Airport. Now it's Incheon Airport. Yeah. Just that feeling of getting off the airplane and arriving in Seoul. Because, mm. I mean, I haven't gone for a while. We're going this summer, this upcoming summer. I am so excited. So I'm going next month again. Are you serious? Yeah. Didn't you just come back from Korea? I just came back. I'm going next month. Wait, for what? Well, I have... I have Look at what is the space you're making right now? I wish I, our I just, listeners. I just, could I'm see showing off a little bit because I got some amazing. I have some amazing friends. I have amazing Gosh. friends, and my good buddy Eugene uh, basically said, "Hey, for your fiftieth, let me take you out to Cal. Let me, let me, you and your wife come out to California, um, and uh, I'm not California, Korea. No, come to Korea, and I'm going to take care of all the hotel stay for you guys." And, uh, and so we were like, okay. And so you know, like, remember I told you earlier last year that I got that travel credit from united that crazy amount of money yeah, 2500 bucks got a free marion stay yeah it, it, we're using that money so we're basically gonna go to korea for free on my so to celebrate my 50th That's birthday ridiculous. <gasps> it's gonna be I'm in february so jealous. it's gonna be in february but we're gonna be hanging out in seoul we're also gonna do a couple nights in Busan. so i can't wait to hang out and it's gonna be the first time actually jenny and Minhi are going to be actually like they met before, but it's going to be the first time they actually spent considerable time together like this. So we're going to have a great time. We're looking forward to it. So I'll be going next month. But anyway, That's but Korea, so just, awesome. I, I would love to go to Korea regularly. It'd be so much fun. So, I mean, are you fine with the jet lag and everything? Uh, it, it took me a while to get back. You know, uh, when I came back, it took me a while to get over it. But going there, I was fine. Yeah, I was fine. Yeah, it Do you want to so hear a ridiculous um, story that one or a ridiculous fact about me that once again shows you how um, dense of a person that I am? I have or, never... or the other word you like to use, obtuse. Obtuse. I'm very <laughs> yeah. obtuse. I have never ever experienced jet lag in my life. <laughs> that means you have the gift to sleep. Are you literally? Serious? Yeah, I can stay no, awake and I can just go to bed. No, literally. Like that's I have twelve no hours issues. difference. There's, I don't believe. I that. have no really? circadian rhythm. So when you when you went to Rome, you didn't have any jet lag. But you know what's wild? My kids also didn't. What like are we kids, we kids no, we got they... we got there and everybody just yeah. adjusted to the schedule immediately. What about John? I'm sure he was suffering, but you know, suffering in silence because all of us are like, let's go. We got to go see stuff. Get out of the bed. Let's go. Go to bed. It's time to go to bed. Turn off the lights. Stop looking at your phone. So, you know, I mean, it's three against one.
Oh anyway. my goodness. Wow, you don't have jet right? lag? That is such a gift. That's such a gift that you don't have jet lag. Uh, we'll see how long it lasts. Do you but do you sleep I on the not. planes though too? Do you sleep on the plane? Yeah. See, that's that's why. If you could sleep anywhere. a lot on the plane, you won't have jet yeah, lag. I can yeah. sleep anywhere at any point. Sua, this is why I think women and men, actually, I think a lot of women probably want bad things to happen to you once in a while, like your friends. <laughs> I just want to say that bad things do happen to me, but a lot of no, times I just don't, don't notice no, them. No, don't. I just don't notice no, them. No, no. Listen, listen. You're like, that's yeah, I can true. sleep anywhere. I can sleep on the plane. Oh, gosh. You know, it's just like, that's come on, man. I will, say, I will say that one of the gifts that I recently have really been thanking God for is I really think I am in general a healthy person. I wouldn't say I'm a fit. Yes, you are. I wouldn't say I'm a fit person, but I'm a very healthy person in the ways that functionally matter. Like I don't have indigestion. I don't have sleep problems. I don't have joint pain. Any constipation? I don't have constipation. It'll come in 10 years. It'll come Um, in 10 years. You know what's funny is um, the first time, sorry, this is like a little bit TMI. The first time I ever experienced constipation was when I was pregnant with my first daughter and I couldn't Uh understand what was happening so like i remember i said to i said to john i said john it's like the weirdest thing like i have to go but then like i can't like i don't know what's happening to me and he just looked at me like i was a crazy person he's like i'm i'm sorry have you never been constipated before yeah. i was like is this what constipation is well i i will say years of my life without the, it i would say the older you get the plumbing gets a little messed up so I feel like I yours saying. is because you did that weird, like yeah. super, super crazy fasting for 40 yeah. days or whatever. I've never done a 40 day fast. That's all why right, my plumbing right. is. So great. listen, Korea going to every summer, that must have been amazing. Oh that gosh, really, amazing. And you know, because you're from Guatemala, I bet you that weather didn't even bother you because Korea in the summer is awful. So humid, you know, super I feel like hot. It's gotten worse. Monsoon season. I mean, it's just horrible. I mean, it's horrible. There to was, go there I'm sorry. This is so TMI. I'm so sorry to my brother that I'm announcing this. Hopefully he's not <laughs> What's listening. What's your brother doing? Your brother there was do? one year. So so my I have two boy cousins that are around my brother's age. And so all my right. brother and my two boy cousins, they all got circumcised together one year. <laughs> In Korea? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Wait, how old was your brother at that time? Old enough to remember. No, that's so painful. They got I think do he was like baby. nine, maybe Korea's, eight or nine. Whoa, that is so painful. No, no, he remembers it. Like he remembers. Oh, but here's the funny of part. Of course though. he would. If he's nine, so, he got circumcised. So they, I remember we took a taxi to go get the circumcision. I went also. I, my mom couldn't okay. leave me at home. So we all went. Um, it was three guys, my mom, me, and my aunt, my Como. So we all went. They all got snipped. I remember my brother said the most traumatizing part is you hear the scissors snipping. And that's like the oh, most gosh. horrible traumatizing part. Oh, but here's the funny part. So here's the awful. funny part. So as they're leaving, what they give you is <laughs> they wrap a they tape a paper cup around your thing so that it doesn't touch yes. anything yeah, yeah yeah so that it doesn't oh. touch anything because it hurts right so like they put they yeah. literally taped a paper cup like a chongi cup you know like the cups yeah. that they give you like those like vending yeah. machine coffees in yeah they taped it to their like penis but then when they got home you know these are like eight nine ten year old boys are like oh this paper cup can- will not do so they all replaced it with a cup ramen cup <laughs> you know those- <laughs> They were like, my thing is just too big. It can't be contained by this small paper cup. So they all emptied out like, you know, a cup lemon container and they all taped that. And, you know, it's like really hot, right? And so there's no ventilation. So they all had to borrow these long flowy skirts from my head money. 
So the, all the three of them were lying around in front of the air conditioning, wearing these flowy dress, like skirts with like a cup that man cup taped against their penis. Oh my God. That's how they spent the hot summer. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. I'm, I'm sure when they had to go pee, it was burning like crazy. I mean, it was terrible. But but my, my I have a younger cousin named Sujin. She was like eight years younger than us. She was so bad. So, you know, they used to really leave her out in a lot of things because she's so young. And so she had a revenge mm. during that time. She would take mm. basketballs and throw it at their penis. Wow. Like, would they be sitting Yo, there watching TV that. and she would so, just chug it? She, she would chuck she, it against them. Is she, is she, is she, did she turn out to be okay? Is she a good adult now? Yeah. Good yeah, she's like 30 she now. Yeah, yeah, but still, you just never know that they can grow into being really awful as they get older. No, they were, they were mean to her because they would just, the you know, they were like, metastasize. Yeah. No, no, no. They were like, <laughs> I mean, because they were just like, you know how boys are. Like, they yeah. just kind of were like playing pranks on her and stuff. So she was just getting even. Wow. And you I go mean, in the summer, huh? We are. We are. Going. How many weeks? Only two weeks. Oh, that's, a, that's so the longest that John back can and you stay there for an extra two weeks. He said that. he doesn't want to live without us. Oh, John. But it's fine. Them, it's fine. Let them enjoy. The I mean, because I can't even right. stay with my parents anyway. Their house is like way too small. Their apartments are tiny. And so we have to stay in a hotel. I'm not going to stay in a hotel. How long am I going to stay in a hotel for? I'd rather go to Disneyland or Disney World. That's true. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. So, all right. So now this is time for me to ask you some just questions all over the place. All right. So you ready I'm for worried. this? You ready? Yeah, you should be worried. You should be worried. But here's the first one. Here's the first one. Sua, I want you to share with us how much was your max deadlift? Okay, come on. Like, why do we have Sua, to start you got to share that? it. Listen, this is my time to ask you questions. Well, share with us, share with the audience your max deadlift. Okay, so there, there's two-part answer. It's a two-part answer, and I'll tell you why. Because why is it a two-part answer? Because I've I have not been actually doing a real deadlift for a very long time because I don't have a like I don't have a like the barbell with the mm. the plates and all this stuff. I haven't gone to yeah. a real gym for years, and I just do my free weights with like little dumbbells, and I do my total yeah. right. Yeah. So I didn't yeah. really know what my number was. Recently, John, John had a whole story but john had a bunch of stuff and then he sold it because he said i'm not doing it and then he decided he wants it back so now he bought a cheaper version um and yeah. so now we have this so he was like let's yeah. go let's go yeah. like i need i want to know right. like what our baseline is so um he started with like my body weight and then yeah. we so we went from like 125 keep going up and then i ended up at 185 Come on, girl. Okay, but which you guessed, which you prophetically yes. However, here's the two part answer. So I did it, and John saw me do it, and he was like, "Oh, yeah. like that wasn't that wasn't that didn't seem so hard." You can then one ninety five. Well, no, 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 no. So then, yeah. and then I stopped because I took my two weeks off because you know I was yeah. doing so much heavy lifting that I was like, I need to take a break. So I stopped <laughs> for two weeks, and then I came back, and then I was like, I tried to do it, and then I couldn't do it. Um, so, but I think what happened was I forgot how to do it properly because the first time, sorry, this is turning into a real, you probably, weird, you like, probably weren't even warmed up. That's why. So well, no, I wasn't warmed, warmed up, up, but I was like yeah, very arrogant. Like I was very arrogant. Yeah. Cause I was like, I didn't yeah, you can't do it, do when it. You're warmed up. but what you're happened was I, I was pulling with my back, not my legs. And so right. the next and day I, I almost died. I almost died. I was literally like, why is my lower back like killing me? And it's because I did it improperly. 
Yes, yes. So anyway, Sua, 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 I really believe your goal has to be two twenty five. You got to get to two twenty five. All right. I don't the, think year, that two twenty five is do doable it. for me. Um, oh, it's so doable <laughs> for you. It's so if you deadlift maybe, at least once or twice a week, I think you could do it. Anyway, maybe it's one eighty five. Maybe it's doable because I this is my first time really like doing a deadlift. So I yeah. guess this is technically my baseline, which means maybe there's it's, room it's to grow. It's so impressive. You have no idea how impressive that is. You just tried it for the first time and you deadlift to 185. Incredibly okay, impressive. Okay, but I'll tell you though, my bench press was terrible. Because then was John was press? like, John was, was like, bench? okay, let's do bench. And you know, I have a bad shoulder. <laughs> and so Why I do you really... have, like you working out too think, hard? No, no, no. I, I think it's from doing komdo. Because like komdo is all like, like um, repetitive that's right yeah so i did it from when i was really young and so i think i did something to my rotator cuff apparently the rotator cuff is a very common injury according to my orthopedist husband so anyways so benching is very hard for me because like it just hurts my shoulder on my right side but it was so pathetic because he was like just do the bar like he's like just start with the bar and the bar is um 45 pounds yeah he's like yeah just do the 45 and then i did it and that was like really easy right so then what would you think is the natural progression from there? Maybe 65? He yeah, 10 pounds to, each. He on did it side. to 95. He went from 45 <laughs> and then crazy. put it to 95. He's trying to get you injured. He's I almost died. I was got, got to work up to it. But did I you do it? I crushed. No. Did you do it? No. Oh, okay. okay. So, uh, no. So 75 is where I landed. So 70. No, that's nice. But yeah. So what? That's, no, that's impressive. I'm, that's impressive. That, those well, are my baseline tell you. numbers. De- now deadlift. you know the important that's... things about me. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. Deadlift. You got to You got to get two twenty five. Okay. So that's more of my question. All right. So I got a lot of questions here. So we're gonna get oh through them. Gosh. We're gonna oh get through gosh. them, right? Another question I have, and this is this is nothing about gym or anything like that, but I'd like to know what part of the Midwest culture has really rubbed off on you. Oh, like that's what? A good what, what? That's a good. What part question. of the Midwest culture you're just like? Oh, this this. I'm becoming more Midwestern now. Like it's just, it just kind of the Midwest culture just kind of rubbed off. And now it's like, it's, it's a part of who you are kind of. You know, what's funny is John and I were having this conversation yesterday, not specifically about this, but I was telling him about how living in the Midwest is kind of, um, it's kind of healing the scarcity mindset that I've lived with for so long. Mm. And I'll tell you why, like I've been on a real kick mm. thinking about this whole idea of like scarcity and how, um, we always think there's not enough for us, but living mm. in the Midwest is kind of curing that for me because there's so much of everything. Yeah. There's yeah. just so much of everything. Like to yeah. begin with, just physically, there is so much space and land. Yeah. And I don't feel like people are always in my space. Um, yeah. And I think that's like a big thing, right? Because when you go to Bergen County, like everybody's like next to each there's other. There's no space. You go to Costco and everybody's like, the line yeah. is like crazy. There's no parking yeah. spaces anywhere. Nothing. I have never had to wait for a parking space in anywhere no matter no. what weekend holiday Your costco's never. you don't got to wait in line in never. costco's you don't i mean never. you don't got to wait for parking never i've never i, I don't even know what parking. that's like i have no idea exactly. what that's like so imagine though the day to the day to day you never have to worry about parking there's no competition for basic things like parking because there's always a parking space for you ready whenever you want it there's also and no i'm serious there's also enough time like nobody is like in a rush like everybody's just kind of like chill except for so, you Okay. Yeah. No. So, so even like, I'll tell you another story. Like the other day we were at, um, I think it was either, I think it was Dairy Queen. We were at Dairy Queen. I love Dairy Queen. <laughs> oh God. We were at Dairy uh, Queen. You're Dairy Queen in the cold. Okay. Blizzard, no, no, no. Yeah. We were getting a chicken basket. So our Dairy Queens have food. So we were at Dairy <laughs> Queen and, um, 
you know, sometimes like when you go to the drive through and the people are like, oh, um, can you like pull over and wait? Because we yeah. have to like cook the fries or something, yeah. right? And usually there's yeah. like a designated spot where you have to go wait. But John kind of didn't understand because he was like, can you pull over? So he literally just pulled over in the middle of the drive through and there were cars behind me that couldn't go. But he mm. was like, no, they told me to just drive, like pull through. Like the guy's probably waiting for his food too because he wasn't honking or anything. And so he's just sitting there. So for about like, like a few minutes, we're just sitting there and I'm like, are that you sure? And he's like, no, that no, no. The guy's nuts. waiting for his food. Look, like he's not even honking. And then the guy came out and gave John his food. And then we moved and the guy moved with us. So the guy had just been sitting behind us, not honking, just being like, I'm sure he eventually he'll just move. <laughs> oh, gosh. But this is how the Midwest is. He's not <laughs> even that aberrant. Like that's just how they are. They don't oh honk. Gosh. You know when you're like standing in a light and there's a green arrow to go, right? Yeah. Like just go. We don't go. They just sit there. Nobody honks. It's like the oh. weirdest thing. And do you know why? Because nobody is in a rush. Everyone's just kind of like, we'll get there when we get there. Oh there's enough then, hours there, in the day. Really? Is, is, is being late just normal part of Midwest culture? You're not late because there's no traffic. <laughs> there, there's no traffic, PP. There's no traffic. Like this is what I mean. Like there's just oh. enough time in the day, enough space for everybody, enough. You know what? It's also everyone's like gonna, there's enough jobs. Everyone's gonna want to move to Columbus yeah, now. There's enough <laughs> like, jobs. Okay, like to... there's no scarcity of jobs. Like you don't have to be the top of the top oh of the gosh. top to live in a yeah. good way because the qu the quality of life is good because the the, the you know the cost of living is much lower and so you don't yeah. feel like you're constantly like you know not adding up or measuring up because there's just enough resources for everybody. Um, and I think it's just crazy. It really rewires the way you think about your life. Yeah. And it affects even the little day-to-day -day things like waiting in traffic or, you know, looking like you just don't get angry anymore because you realize like there's always going to be enough for me. Do you know what I mean? So if somebody honks at you guys, like has that ever happened? Somebody honk? Are you guys like, oh, he must be from like? Uh, oh yes, they, we they, literally we look. They at gotta the be. Plate. They gotta be. They gotta yeah. be people out of town. We look yeah. at the license plate because we're like, yep, that person's not from here. Because <laughs> they don't like. Okay, like my okay, my nephew, my nephew who is sixteen, he's sixteen, but he was fifteen when this happened. He came. We were also a Dairy Queen once again, and he and his oh, mom were ordering queen. food and they were waiting. So they they order the food. Yeah, they were. It wasn't a drive through. They went in the restaurant. They ordered their food and they were waiting for their food. And when the food was ready, the person came out out of the counter, like came outside of the counter, walked towards them, handed them their bag of food. Mm. And then Justin, my, my nephew, was like, "What? why is she doing this? Like, what is she doing? And they're just like, what? And they're just like, we just came to give you your food. It's like, have a nice day. And then as she was leaving, apparently my nephew said to my sister-in-law, I feel like I'd be a better person if I lived here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we all would be a better person because yeah, this place yeah. is awful. This is a rat race. Everyone's so such in a hurry. They honk at you even if you like don't move within the next like. I'm not, and you know, I'm gonna be honest. I honk too. If you don't move your car in like three seconds, you're gonna get a honk. No, you deserve I'll, a honk. Pay I attention. will tell you another funny thing. You know when you're like, you know when they have pedestrian walkways? It's like pedestrian priority. Mm -hmm. The walkways, like you, Leonia yeah. has those. You know. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know when you don't stop, the people get so angry, right? Yeah. Right here, if I yeah. stop, they're so thankful. They like smile and wave at me. They're like, "Thank you so much." <laughs> I swear, like, like it's the funniest thing. They're so thankful that we stopped. Like, they're so happy, and they just wave at you. 
You are create. You're making Columbus look it's like a bizarre. wonderland for us. It's Everyone bizarre. listening to in the East Coast is going to be like, we want to move to Columbus, but Ohio. But I think that people who are not not from here, so people who are native to Columbus, yeah. don't even think about these things because that's just how yeah. it's always been done. Yeah. It's because yeah. I'm from a foreign land of Bergen County that I notice yes. all these little things as being so not natural, you know. And wow. now I do. I do that. I don't honk. John doesn't honk. <laughs> Like we wave, my so if kids, I ever came my over, kids wave at the cars. Yo, if if I ever came over and you were driving and we were in the car and you weren't honking, <laughs> I'll probably honk for you. I'm like Sua. I'm sorry. We gotta, we gotta go. We gotta go. That's you know what? Like you talk about like if you want to live in a place where you want to live an unhurried life, it would be it, your place would be great, Columbus, Ohio. That's, that's amazing. That really will help you to slow down your life. That's great. No, it's Man, really I should go up wild. To, to silent retreats. No, it's it's, it's crazy. really really wild. That is wild. Yeah, okay. it's wild. And that's a good part of the Midwest culture. It's rubbed off on you. That's a good thing. Yeah, it's, it's a good really thing. um like we went to New Jersey a couple of years ago and um I think my kids have forgotten something so we had to go to Target and I we went to Target it was a Saturday and then we got there and we were like, "Oh my gosh, we literally forgot what this place is like on Saturday." And so we couldn't even find parking, so we just had to leave. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, yeah. it's, you don't ever want to do that yeah. on a Saturday. Yeah. yeah. It's awful. It's all, okay, cool. Let's shift emphasis here now. Not talk about the Midwest, but just share with us if you can. Cause I, I like, I like dirt. Dirt is like a good oh, thing. Geez. I like a little dirt. What all right. What pastor is this? I want to know the last time you literally want to body slam John. Body like, slam John? Well, I'm just like, he frustrated you so much. You just like, if you could, you would just body slam him. Was there ever a time? I'm sure like there recently? are many, but it's usually always the same Nothing thing. worthy of a body slam? I don't know. What would Jenny say, you think? With me? Yeah. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know what she would say about me the last time she'd want to really body I mean, slam I don't, me. I don't know. You don't know? You don't, Oh, man. So you guys have such a good marriage. You don't even have like that kind of tension, huh? Like there's a moment. I, I know the last time you I, I I can tell you a time where you really want to body slam John was when? when you were late for Clay's wedding. That was so bad, but that was so yeah, long I, ago. I know, it's, so but long. it's there usually was, these there, things. There was never another moment like that. Like no, it's you know, usually those things though. It's always yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Things it's like never that. like yeah. you know it, no, but it's literally always um like him not putting things away, like him yeah. being late. It's, it's never like anything actually. Yeah, this, but the insignificant things accumulate and then end up in an ire that makes me want to body slam him. You know, because like after a while, it's like it's been seven days and these shorts are still on the floor. And but now I say it, but like I realize now for the sake of our marriage, I can't hold it in. So I say it as I go, like literally, okay. I'll just. And like does his, he pick his... it up when you when you say it? Does he pick it up? And then he, he yeah, yeah, because he's it. scared of me. Okay. But his problem yeah. is that he's scared of me because he knows I could turn into a monster. But yeah, now his problem with me is that I keep putting away me. all of his water cups. So, like, yeah. you know, when he drinks a cup of water and he leaves it there, I immediately will empty it out and put it in the dishwasher. And then he's like, Where's my cup? And I'm like, I put it in the dishwasher. Like, <laughs> you can't leave anything on the counter for longer than five minutes. I will put it away, you know, but um, this is yeah, like a, it. it's a habit that dies hard because when we it. went to Palm Spring a couple of weeks ago, um, there was seven girls, but two of us were moms. Um, Christy Vincent and I were the only moms and you yeah. can like see the moms because we can't stop cleaning. 
like we're just like cleaning after everybody. Like we can't help yeah. ourselves. And it's not that these people yeah, are yeah. dirty or anything. And bring snacks that, for everybody. <laughs> we just can't. Like I literally was walking around with like cans of seltzer being like, are you done with this? Can I throw it out? <laughs> like, you really can't help yourself. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But sorry, All right. I don't have any dirt. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Um. Okay. Another fun. Another fun one. Then we'll we'll get. Then we'll shift to get more serious. All right. But another fun one. What unhealthy food is it really hard for you to say no to? These are like what's really your kryptonite? Interesting questions. What's your kryptonite? I was just telling Pastor Peter earlier that um yesterday I was wearing my my rogue hoodie you know rogue rogue is like mm -hmm. the brand of like official brand of crossfit i think it's like yeah and, and they're based out of columbus ohio and i actually they are they're, their headquarters yeah. are here and i actually yeah. told john i said i can because he bought me a bunch of stuff because he goes there to like buy plates and all this stuff and i said i can't wear this i can't wear this because there's a certain type of body type that wears these things and that is not me like i can't i'm not worthy of wearing rogue mm. on my body yet yet being the um <laughs> You know, definitive word. Well, listen, you you deadlift two twenty five. You definitely got to wear a robe. Well, if I deadlift two twenty five, then I'll go around wearing my robe. But anyway, okay. I was wearing it yesterday, and then I was eating like you know, you know, tangsuyuk, which is kind of like um, it's kind of like what like sweet and sour chicken or sweet and sour. Pork, exactly, it's of. the Korean okay. version of sweet and sour chicken. And like yeah. I spilled a bunch of sauce all over my rogue hoodie, and I was telling PP like therein lies like who I am as a person is like who I aspire to be and who I am. You know what I mean? Like, but anyway. <laughs> My weakness, I would say if I had to choose one, I really love French fries. I cannot say really? no to French fries. Really? Yes. You know, I didn't know that about fries, you. French fries. So like a lot Probably of times fries. I'll eat a salad and some French fries because really? at least I feel a little bit better about eating the French fries if I eat some veggies. I, I didn't know you liked French fries that much. Yeah, no, no I'm addicted. Cool. Something I didn't I'm know about you. completely addicted. What is yours? For me, it's dark chocolate. I love dark chocolate and i spoke at this conference uh, at this church uh, sort of this revival meeting in delaware recently and the one of the women came back from belgium and she always brings back a lot of chocolate and she gave jenny and i a, a beautiful dark like a big bar of dark black did you share uh, did you share with jenny yeah, yeah she and I, jenny and i got half half we shared half half that's so diplomatic you, half half yeah it's so, and I should get more because I'm I'm like twice her size, but I gave her half. It's okay. But it was I'm so gracious so, it, of you. It was the best. It was like the best uh, chocolate, dark chocolate I've ever had. Better than the Trader Joe's, because I think the Trader Joe's one is from Belgium too. I think it is, but uh, better than Trader Joe's. It was so good, and uh, I'm just, I was just really sad when I finished it, but it was so good. So I that's my to, that's my. Weakness. I mean, I also have a sweet tooth, but um, I don't like dark chocolate. I only like milk chocolate. I also don't like white chocolate. Oh, I do really not chocolate. like white chocolate. Really I mean, chocolate. I'll eat it if it's the only thing I got, but I do not. I will never spend money. Beggars can't white be chocolate. choosers. You'll just yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll never, I'll never choose to spend money on white chocolate. Never. So if you're sorry, this is going off a different territory, but so what's like if your kids went trick or treating? Like, what do you eat from their basket? Oh, easy Twix. Twix, interesting. Pound down on Twix, man. I love oh, Twix. Twix is one of my favorite. Um, you know. Uh, I like Twix better than Snickers. You name it. I like it better. Really? So. All right. Yes. I like, I yes. Like yes. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'll, I'll eat it. But Are you not a peanut you... butter man? I do like peanut butter, but I don't like it. Yeah. I, I, I would prefer car caramel much, much more over peanut butter. Yeah. So anyway. Um, <laughs> anyway. So, yeah. But I didn't know you liked French fries like that. That's, do you that's not like cool. French fries? 
I do like French, but I didn't know that was like your kryptonite. I didn't know I that you love French ev- fries. Like I can never not order it. So so what what's the best French fries you've had? Like what what's what fast food chain makes the best French fries? So this is actually an ongoing debate between my friend Jen Shin and me because she insists okay. that so maybe she just doesn't have a good Chick-fil-A around there. But our for for me, Chick-fil-A fries are the best. But my Chick-fil-A no fries way. are never soggy. And she insists that their Chick-fil-A fries are always soggy. Ours are super crispy all the time. Um, no, and Chick-fil-A fries are decent, but they're no, not. No, no, no. Chick-fil-A Come fries on. here are so crispy. Like, they're always fresh out of the fryer. They're so but good. I think the reason why you like it so much because you like dipping it in the sauces. Oh, my God. The Chick-fil-A sauce is so See? good. Yeah, that's the reason Chick-fil-A why. Sauce. But listen, pound for pound, the best fries is McDonald's. But see, I don't like it when they don't taste like potatoes. Like oh, French okay. fries from uh, McDonald's don't taste like French fries. So they good. taste like their own thing. It's kind of like McNuggets don't taste like chicken nuggets. They just taste like McNuggets. Pizza Hut does not oh, taste like so... pizza. It just tastes like Pizza Hut. It's like its own mm-hmm. category. Do you know what I mean? And I feel like McDonald's fries taste delicious, but they're not really French fries. There's something else altogether. They're kind of like, mm. it's like, you know, like Velveeta is not really cheese. I don't know what it is. Oh, yes. But, but that's like so how McDonald's fries are. Like I, I don't know what they are. They're delicious, but I don't know. They're not potatoes. I'll tell you. I that. can't say no to McDonald's fries. I love McDonald's fries. So I mean, they, they're delicious. They're just not. I still like my French fries to have some resemblance to the vegetable that it came from, and McDonald's okay. is not it. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, let's now go a little serious, if it's okay. Uh, hold, yeah. Let's go a little serious. Um. So, uh, like, I, I always see you as a pretty upbeat, positive person. So, how do you remain? positive like if somebody were to ask you sua how do i remain positive in the midst of hardships that is what do you think has helped you ask me well listen you haven't gone your entire life without any types of hardships you know and you know it's it's right i mean honestly you can talk to somebody maybe who've gone through a lot more but nonetheless you've gone through your share of hardships too so like how do you how do you maintain still a positive mindset be positive uh, in the midst of hardships, because I think people, a lot of people go through hardships and they just don't know how to stay positive in the midst of that. So what would be your secret? I really wish that I had. OK, so I'll, once again, I'll give you a two part answer. The first answer, because this just came up recently, I was my husband and I went on a double date with another couple and we were talking about. Um, <clears throat> so we were talking about my daughter one of my daughters going through some stuff at school with her social friend, like social circle. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh my gosh, like, is she, and this was happening on Friday. So she was like, they were like, oh my gosh, has she had such a horrible weekend because like, she's been thinking about it. Yeah. And I was like, not really. I don't think she's thought about it since <laughs> it happened. Like she came home. The apple she told fall me, far from the tree. Yeah. I mean, like she came home and she was like, I had the worst day of my life. And then she like told me all this stuff. And then like we list, I listened and then we prayed about it. And then she literally forgot about it until like, mm-hmm. I think probably the when she went into that circumstance again, like she completely blocked it out. Um, mm-hmm. And they were kind of like, but is she really blocking it out or is she just pretending to be okay? And um, my husband was like, well, sometimes I also look at it and say, there's no way she's really blocking this out. But then I see the way her mom is and she really is able to just not think about it. And so sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, maybe she did really inherit like her mom's ability to just tune things out, which so partly I think it's just my temperament. Like I just, I'm just not somebody. And I think some of it is because like, I'm just not an anxious person. I think anxiety makes it very difficult for Mm. people to not think about things, but I don't 
by nature, I'm just not an anxious person. Um, I'm a very much like it'll it'll work out kind of person. Um, it'll be mm. fine. So I don't really think about it. Um, but I will say the second part of it um, is I think about this because I know um, I, I think I mentioned this, but like a few months ago, there was a huge um, bus crash in Ohio where a bunch of high school kids got injured. Um, and mm. I remember reading about the news and even like some of them came to John's hospital um, where like just these kids were completely healthy kids just going to a band festival for a high school marching band. And then they, three of them just died. They got like, they burned to death at the back of the bus. Oh my gosh. And like a couple of them got so badly injured, like, you know, like they're disabled, like, you know, and I was thinking about this and I said to myself, like, if this was my child, like, would I lose faith in God? Like if, if this hmm. happened to me, um, could I reconcile that God is good and wants yeah. a full and abundant life for me and reconcile that with the fact that he did this to my kids? Um, and like, I really thought about it and I didn't really come to any conclusion in the sense that I don't know, right? Because I can say, I don't think I would, I, I would still believe in God, but to be honest, like who really knows in that moment how I would be? Yeah. But I think the thing that I found not solace in, but some clarity in was the fact that if somebody said to me, so do you think that that could never happen to you because you believe in God? I wouldn't say yes. I think I completely can see a world where that could happen to me. I don't think sure, that sure. my belief in God prevents that happening yep. to me. And I think yeah. therein lies some sense of the response in that I live in the tension of knowing that God is good, knowing that God loves me, knowing that he has a good plan for me while simultaneously also 100% believing that the crappiest, most horrible things could also happen to me and my children. Um, and I'm Absolutely. not immune to them. And I think yeah. in that still lies some level of understanding that I don't think my belief in God is um, correlated with him protecting mm. me from the evils of the world. Do you know what I mean? That's great. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, it's great. Yeah. It's a great answer. I don't have anything to add to that. It's a great answer. Okay. I have another question for you. Uh, what is the one thing you wish every wife would do to, for their husband that has been key for your healthy marriage? That's a good. I don't know. You're like you're like rapid firing questions. I mean, I'm like I don't. I'm not a self help guru. Well, so, I don't so, have, like, listen, answers. I will say this. I know you and John have a good relationship, and you have a healthy relationship, and you know, you guys are doing your best to you know love love each other. But like, you know, you have a lot of friends who are married. And the family members and things like that. I'm sure you've seen a lot, you've heard a lot. And what would be the one thing that you would say? The one thing you would just say, wise, if you can just start to do this more, it'll really help you in your marriage. What do you think that would be? Well, that's such a hard question. Um, I know. Partly I know. the reason why that's such a hard question. It's a great question, but it's a really yeah. difficult question. And partly one of the reasons why it's so difficult is because, um, and I don't say this just to be like it's like my life is so great, but I really do think John is a really good husband. Um, mm -hmm. Like he, I mean, and I, I know this because I've had people come to my house and like, for example, like my parents, right. My parents have come stayed with me for months at a time and they literally leave like my mom, especially they leave being like, I have literally never seen a husband like John. Like, I don't know mm. any husband like John. Like, it's completely, like, literally, mm -hmm. she was like, you've hit the jackpot. Like, I've never seen a husband like John. Um, but also, like, recently, we had some friends over for Thanksgiving. And, like, I met up with one of the friends for lunch the other day because she's in my small group. And she was literally, like, the whole way home on the car, I was 
complaining to my husband because I was like, why can't you be like John? Because, <laughs> because like he was like, she was like, John was literally, you know, slicing turkey and feeding people the whole night. And he was cleaning up and he was doing all these things. He was cleaning dishes. And like, you can't even bring your plate up to the sink after you're done eating. Like she was getting so angry. And so I know this is kind of all fun and games because they're also a very happy, they're in a happy marriage. Sure. But I also know that just the way a lot of things that you're in New Jersey and then come to Ohio, you start seeing how much better it is in certain ways and vice versa. I don't really see a lot of the ways John's a great husband to me because I don't know any better. Um, I've never been in a bad relationship. Like I've never mm. had a husband who is not supportive and loving and helpful and considerate. So sometimes I don't know um, what a good husband he is because I just don't know the other side. With that being yeah. said, John is also not a perfect husband um, yep. because he's not a perfect person. And I think once again, therein lies, I think for me, the secret, which is that he, before he's my husband, he's just a person. Um, and a lot of the things that he does that are not to my standards, quote unquote, are the things that I feel like, um, like leaving his pants on the floor for a second. Exactly. Days. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, are not because he's personally trying to be a bad husband. It's just because he, yeah. just like all of us, he's just a person. It's actually yeah. a reflection of his brokenness as a person, not a not a personal attack on me as a husband to a wife. Do you know what I mean? Dang, I feel like girl, sometimes we, no, but sometimes we do. Here. This, sometimes these are some they great do, nuggets of wisdom here. I love it. <laughs> Thanks, but I don't know. Sometimes they do certain things and we are like, why are you doing that to me? Like, how could you do that to me? I love it. But that's yeah. like not the right question to be asking. It's like, yeah. why are you yeah. this way? Because you also are a broken human just like I am. And it's just mm. a reflection of that. It's not them trying to hurt me. And when I remove that, I think it makes it so that you can kind of be more empathetic and not as angry wow. because sometimes we just take it as a personal attack. And I think it goes with kids too. I think sometimes we do that with kids. Like when kids don't do certain things that we ask them to do, we say, we imagine like, because it's not like our kids wake up or my, our husbands wake up saying, what yeah. can I do to piss off my wife today? Like, what can yeah. I do to not be a loving yeah. husband today? Like, yeah. that's not what's happening, right? Like, that's just happening as a natural extension of their own sin. Um, mm. And sometimes, so many times we take it personally. Like, why are you doing this to me? Like, how could you do this to me? Like, this is so unloving towards me. Um, but that's not like what it is. And so I think if we just remove it and maybe go to the, you know, this is easier said than done. But it all, once again, goes back to the question of like, sounds so annoying. <laughs> like, even as I'm saying it, I'm getting like annoyed at myself. Um, it's okay. Say no, it. But like, no, but it's it's the whole idea of like, I know I mentioned this in an earlier in the in the last episode about like how sometimes vocation or jobs or occupation becomes an idol for us and we mm. seek from it things that it can never give us and I think we do that with our partners and our children too we seek from our relationships with our partners especially partners um the kind of love that they cannot give us because that's not possible mm. and then when they don't give it to us we get so angry and we say, like, why don't you love me? Like, why can't you love me like this? But they can't because just like we are, they're they're just broken people, imperfect people. And and if you get that 
from the actual source instead of going to the things that cannot offer you the identity, the security, um, the unconditional love um, from God, instead of going to your job, your kids, your kids' triumphs, your kids' achievements, your husband's loves, the, the gifts that he gives you, all of these things, then we, mm. we have the space um, to be able to love our partners without seeking from them all the things that they can't give us. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, just to sum it up, I think, I, mean, I just think this is good. Maybe we could stay a little bit on this because this is important. Um, I just think we, what you basically said is, I think really important. Hopefully our audience caught this is that you're saying that we just need to see our spouse as a person. Mm-hmm. They're not perfect. They're not out there. To, you know, we can't take everything so personally sometimes. And I think a lot of times when marriages do get, do start to struggle is that we just take everything so deeply personally and, and we don't, um, we don't just see them as a broken, flawed person. And but I will say this though, Sua, like even like the question I asked you about, you know, what do you think? Um, you know, how do you remain positive in the midst of hardships, you know, and even about this marriage thing and the advice that you gave, like in order to do that, in order to like see your spouse just as a person and be like, well, you know, he's broken and flawed. I think it really what it requires of the person, whether you're the wife or the husband or male, you know, male or female, is you gotta really have a healthy sense of who you are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That if you really struggle with insecurity, if you struggle with a low sense of self worth, you know, and obviously it could have happened just by your upbringing, what happened in your upbringing, you're gonna really be you're gonna be struggling in relationships because then you will take everything personally, right? You're like, yeah, you're, like yeah. you really don't love me because if you loved me, you would never. Put right. your pants on the floor for seven days, right? You know, like yeah. stuff like that. And again, it's the same thing, right? But it, but it, 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 I think it's the person. And so, I, you know, I don't know if I'm reading too much into this, but I just feel like, you know, you're saying, you know, see your spouse as a person, which is amazing. Like they're just broken, flawed, accept it. But I don't think you, uh, uh, a married person could really do that until they're really secure in who they are before God, unless they find their identity being a child of God, unless they have a healthy sense of who they are. But if they find a lot of their identity and 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 they seek the approval of other people, then I just think in some ways that they're going to end up sabotaging the relationship, right? Because they're just it's yeah. a lot of that stuff is coming out of the insecurities. So like I'm hearing you talk and I'm saying mm. this is like so good. Mm. But I think part of the reason why you're able to do this, and, you know, I make fun of you sometimes. I'm I'm saying like I bet you some of your friends wish something bad can happen <laughs> to you because everything seems so good. I think a lot of it has to also do with the fact that you're, you're you know who you are. You're you know, you know who you are before God. You, you, you're not an insecure person. You don't long for the approval of other people, you know, and that's great that that's rubbing off on your daughter because she can go to sleep after having a terrible day at school mm-hmm. where there are some kids, they won't be able to sleep for days, mm-hmm. weeks, mm-hmm. you know, as a result of it. And part of that is that, you know, our, could be your upbringing, but just who you are and how you've grown, that you're able to be so secure in who you are before God and you as a person and that really shapes you and allows you then to enter into other relationships with other people, particularly your husband, in a very good, healthy way. And vice versa for him. He's he's secure in who he is as well. Right. And he's able to love you in that way. So I just think that's such an important part. But a great way to answer it and just really help our audience, particularly those who might be struggling in their marriage. I think that's so true. And I know I've been on this like whole um, you know, and I talked about this previously, but like I'm I've been on the whole vocation kick. Um, yeah. but it's, um, I-, I talk about my parents because they did not have like a very 
standard happy marriage. Um, I think yeah. that for a lot of their lives, they they had a lot of tensions. They fought a lot. Um, it was funny, though, because they used to always hold hands. And I'm always like, why do you guys hold hands if you guys don't like each other? And recently, like even now, they still hold hands. And I recently said to them, I was like, why do you guys like hold hands? And my mom said, it's not an expression of love. It's to support one another because they both may fall. <laughs> <laughs> she was like it's purely functional she's like we just don't want to fall and break our hips that's right <laughs> i love but it anyways love it. um but i say it because um my mom told me recently in the past like five years she said i realized you know something that i did really not right in our marriage is you know i come this is my mom talking she was like i come from um a marriage that was broken. Your dad comes mm -hmm. from a marriage that was broken. I mean, mm -hmm. my parent, my dad's side was they're not, they weren't divorced or anything, but they lived separately like for decades. Like my yeah. grandpa lived in Guatemala. My grandma lived mm -hmm. in Korea. Like there was not very much love on one side. And so she said, we both came into the marriage seeking what we never got. Yeah. Um, yeah. But neither was willing to give it first. And so mm -hmm. we just kept, mm -hmm. our arguments would always be why can't you do give this to me? Why can't you love this mm. to me? My mom was seeking the love that she never yeah. got from her dad. My That's dad right. was seeking That's the right. love that she he never yes. got from his mom. And neither party was coming into the relationship to give. They were all coming in um, to receive. Um, yeah. And I feel like a lot of times this is what it is. And going back to what you said, if we're not getting filled from the source, the only source that can give us what we need, then- yeah. We're going to become like, you know, like um, my boyfriend said. What's my boyfriend's name? Suddenly I'm free. Oh, N.T. right? No, no. Henry Nowen. Henry Nowen. Henry oh, Henry Nowen. Yeah. Nowen. Yeah. He said that we're going to become like these little demons that are seeking things. I know. I mean, that's such a horrible thing to say, but it's mm -hmm. true, right? We're going to become yeah. little demons seeking from people, yeah. demanding from people things yes. that they cannot yes. give us. Yes. You know? Um. Yeah. Nowen, my boyfriend. Who is why, why are you why are you cheating on Tim Keller? I mean, why are you saying now it's Tim Keller was your boyfriend. Now, now you're moving to Nowen, and now you're moving on to NT Wright. No, this is like spiritual. They're getting older and older. Actually, that's <laughs> not true. Nowen actually died, so I guess yeah. He, he and Tim Keller um, is with the Lord too. So is, the only one that is. you're following uh, religiously, you've I moved know, on. I'm, I'm like a spiritual polygamist. This is terrible. But anyway, <laughs> anyways, I know I need to. I need to repent. It's like lust. No, no, you know. So anyways, um, no, no, no. But seriously, like I, I really think that um, you're you're completely right. And the whole point is like we have to know who we are, and no person could ever give that to us. Like yes, never. Right. It always yeah. it can only come from the God who created us and loved us. That's the only way we can yeah. get who we are. And I think it's that's hard. in many ways the source or the root cause of most dysfunctional relationships. It, it happens because people are just they're so deeply insecure and they're living their life for the approval of other people. And as a result of it, they realize people just they just disappoint. And whenever you meet people that always say, people just suck. They just stink. Like they're just awful. Part of that is just it's it's their insecurity saying that there's just not nobody here that could really fulfill my desires or like can can really like meet my needs in that way. And at the end of the day, it's nobody can do that. Only God can. And that's it, you know, and stuff. So anyway, you know, Sue, you just dropped a nugget so deep. And I think we were able to kind of unpack that. And that was really beautiful. So hopefully that helped our audience a little bit. But I got other questions that you need to answer before we oh, keep moving on here. Is that okay? Yeah, there's not that much time. So we better. Uh, yeah, yeah, we got, we got a little more. Uh, all right, just maybe one or two more. Okay. 
Uh, this one is, I, I think this would be good. Like, give me the top three things that you believe have allowed you to be growing um, as a Christian. What are the top three things that you believe have helped you? It could be practices. It could be your mindset, whatever. What are the top three spiritual things that has really helped you to be a healthy Christian today? I mean, you're almost 40 now. You still follow Jesus. You love him. You know, it, you you want your kids to do the same. You want your kids to grow up in that kind of home as well. You want them to know how important Jesus is, you know, and stuff in, in their lives. So like, what are the three things perhaps just concretely that that's really helped you, you know, over the years and that you would like to share with our audience? Cause maybe they can start doing those three things too. Three things, you know, um, so I, you know, I recently started doing the kids ministry. Oh, how's that it's going like a, by the way? It's going great. I, you are, know, are, the, are, are people a, fan fangirling over you? Like, no, you, you no, but there's maybe? a very specific, and I'm sure Metro has this too. I've, I've just never been in the kids ministry. So I didn't know there was such specific security protocols when oh, yeah. you go in the yeah. kids ministry, like we're not yeah. allowed to initiate any physical touch, um, mm -hmm. you know, like, but it's kind of hard because kids love touch. <laughs> And so yeah. sometimes like there's like kids who always want to like hold my hands and like sit on my lap and stuff, but we're not allowed to do it. Like they're not allowed to sit on my lap. Mm. And so it's just like a very interesting thing. I'm like, don't touch me. <laughs> like, I'm like, no, I can't hold your hand. <laughs> I, know it's, I mean, I know, I'm not, I don't think that's how they want us to react. They are basically just saying don't initiate it. But, you yeah, know, me being yeah. the Pharisee that I am and following rules, yes. I feel so uncomfortable when they try to like touch me. I'm like, five steps back don't touch me <laughs> <laughs> poor kids <laughs> mommy teacher sua doesn't like me something's going on i can't yeah, even go kids near are her so physical like they just love yeah, they touching are. like people yeah. to show their yeah. affection yeah. um yeah. but anyways but we um, yeah. yeah no what were you saying childlike faith childlike faith is beautiful yeah. you're saying that we should be touching people <laughs> no just more affectionate Right. If you love somebody, yeah, they're very yes. uninhibited with their affection. Um, yep. But the reason why I bring that up is because, you know, a lot of times um, when you go to church, like Sunday school is kind of treated like daycare. Like it's kind of mm -hmm. like babysitting. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Like um, it's so that they have to stay separated so that the pastors, especially those who have ADHD, can concentrate on their sermons. And also, <laughs> so the congregation members can also concentrate, especially the congregation members like John who yes, have yes, ADHD, yes, or yes, he thinks he has yes. ADHD. Like the other yeah. week, there was a baby who was causing a lot of ruckus, and the parent wasn't doing anything, and John was getting so stumbled, like so stumbled. He's getting so angry. Yes, um, yes. I get it, you know, I get That's it. you know you have ADHD. <laughs> Actually, there was one time Pastor, I'm not going to say Pastor Rich. I mean, he was on, it's on screen, so it's not like a secret. He was, you know, Pastor Rich, Nathan, he was, yeah, yeah. heard him preach. He was preaching and a baby was like making so much noise. And then mm -hmm. finally the mom took the baby out. And I kid you not, Pastor Rich, in the middle of a sermon, he said, oh, thank God, I was getting really distracted. <laughs> <laughs> the man keeps it 100. I love he it. was like, oh, thank you so much. Thank God. Like I couldn't concentrate. Yep, the man keeps it 100. Yep. Yep. That's good. That's so good. Anyway. Um, but I'm realizing more and more how important it is to teach real the real gospel to kids um, mm. and not just like this watered down, like, let's mm. talk about the animals in Noah's Ark and then color Noah's Ark. How pretty mm -hmm. is the rainbow? And I'm not knocking like children's lessons, but we really do them a disservice by thinking that they can't handle the good news. In fact, they can yeah. handle it better than a lot of us who have yeah. so many yeah. other 
sin colored filters that we put on the gospel, like they really mm. understand the good news. And I feel like mm. I'm once again, kind of really understanding when I look back on my childhood education at church, um, I've had some really formative teachers who really sowed mm. seeds in me and really, really invested in me. Um, and yes, of course, like I questioned those things as I got older, but man, they really poured into me. Like when I was in mm. high school, I had one teacher who I think was literally the reason why I did not stray from Jesus in college. Like it was this one teacher who did that for me, yeah. you know? And so mm. I think never underestimate the power of a, a Sunday school teacher to be able to mm. really point kids towards Jesus and really solidify that relationship. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's just- That's true. That's yeah, so true. It's amazing. Yeah. It's, yeah. And, and so, and that's another reason why, I mean, I know, I think I recently shared or I shared in this podcast about Lila's three point baptism message and how blown away, but here's the funnier part two to that story. I it recently occurred to me that she has no, that wasn't her speaking. Like it occurred to me that maybe that was the spirit speaking through her, not her. So I recently said to her, Lila, do you remember what you said to me when you were getting baptized? And I asked you the question of like, how has your life changed after Jesus? She's like, I don't even remember the question. <laughs> I didn't have any recollection. And I said, you don't remember? Like, you don't remember what she said? She's like, no. So then I like, she's like, what did I say? So I told her the three points and she was like, oh my gosh, that's a really good answer. Wow. <laughs> no recollection. And my point to illustrate that is like the same God who lives in us lives in our kids. The same mm. spirit that lives in us, lives in our kids. And let's yeah. not condescend to this spirit by teaching them a watered down message on Sundays that involves animals or like, mm. you know, something fun to color. Like they they can receive the truth, you know? Mm. Sorry, that was literally only point number one. Yeah, um, I need two more. I need two more. I, I, those are great. Those are great. Like I think one I only have two. The other one. The like just your spiritual things that help you to stay healthy Christian today. The other thing I would say is um, I have been in small groups most of my life, mm -hmm. but I have never been in a small group the way small group is done like currently. And because most of my small group experiences have been topical or mm -hmm. um, we've done books about books in the Bible. Like that's kind of how we did small group, right? At best, or we would sometimes do like marriage. Like let's do a small group on marriage. Like let's read this book on marriage mm -hmm. or let's read this book on parenting. And I've and the way we do small group, this small group that I'm in now, which is the only one of its kind actually in the entire church apparently, is we just do a Bible, like a book in the Bible. And we mm -hmm. really, it's called like inductive Bible study. We really go deep into the word. We read it repeatedly, like over and over. And this has been mind blowing for me because mm. um it really and you're doing like tough books like judges it's not like you're just doing like uh, you know gospel judges is read. nothing yeah. we also did first second chronicles first second Dang. kings that was rough yeah that was yep. so rough but um but you know what's amazing is you really realize like the word was meant to be read as a whole and also yes, as a community. group yep. yes yep. like i yep. really am seeing that because yep. a lot of times in our for my spiritual journey, I picked certain passages out. So, you know, you can Google like Bible verses when you're mm -hmm. feeling sad 
And then like, they'll list you a bunch of Bible verses when you're feeling sad or Bible verses about sexual sin. And then they'll give you a bunch of Bible verses about sexual sin. But I think what that does, unfortunately, is you don't read the Bible as a whole narrative, like as a story from beginning to end. And also you do it very individually, um, not Mm. with a community. But what's what the small group is doing is like everybody like God reveals truths differently to all these different people through the same book. And you see it every week. You're like, that's what you got out of it. This is what I mm. got out of it. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy mm-hmm. because like, it's all truth. It's just that yeah. it's different truths that yeah. God's revealing yeah. to us. Yeah. And and it really cements like this idea of like, it was meant to be studied and read as a community. Um, And so Always. I would say yeah. definitely read the Bible, but also if you can, please read it in community because yes. there's something about the sharing of the truths with each other and it's how so- God's work. Yeah. I completely agree with that because, you know, we have a Friday morning prayer meeting that meets every Friday at 6 a.m. in the morning. And we always look at this passage of scripture uh, that we're going to be preaching on that Sunday. And I just, I mean, the conversations, the questions and the learnings that we have from each other is so rich. Mm-hmm. And it's, it never hurts to have David Hosang in there, you oh, know, to never. always kind of go never. deep into the text. But it is so rich. And honestly, it's like the best, it's the best community group I've been a part of at Mm, Metro mm. in the sense where we're just looking at the word and we'll go deep into it for about 30 to 35 minutes. And then we pray for each other and pray for the church. That's amazing. It's just so great. I just love it. And I know not everyone's a morning person, but like, man, it's just, it's so rich. And uh, it's one of my favorite parts of the week is just getting up early and just being there and, and then studying scripture together, the community. And I love it. And I, I get more things if I'm preaching on that passage. I get more things just by hearing what people have to say and uh, and learn. And I learn from them as well. So it's just really cool. Yeah. Cool. Uh, you oh, have a third? I have a third one. I have a third one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go, I go, go. I have a third one. So go. I have been really blessed. And I don't say this just because. I really, my mom even highlighted this to me. Mm. Um I have been very, very blessed to not have any church trauma, like in my adult years. Like, Mm. I mean, yes, it started out with the very theologically sound teachings of Tim Keller. Um, But also, I love, I mean, I just love that I got to go to Metro. Like, I Mm. really, really love my time at Metro. And I know I say that kind of flippantly, we joke around, but I could have gone to a really crazy, toxic church. Mm. You know, like I could have heard some really not theologically sound heretical messages. Um, and that was a very formative time for me. Like mm. I, I was, what, 21 years old, like 21 to yeah. 30. Right. That's like yeah. formative adulthood. Right. And so I I am very, very grateful to have been under um, inside a church community and under the leadership of people that actually love Jesus. And Mm. not that everything was done perfectly. I'm sure there were things that were not done perfectly. But at the end of the day, the core of Metro was always trying to live out, you know, like Jesus in our lives. That was always the passion. Um, And especially the Jack focus, which you know I have a personal love for. I'm very, very thankful that I, you know, I got those 10 years in a place that I love so much under the guidance of people that cared about the right things Um, so that I had a strong base to even when I moved after that, I was able to, I had a very good kind of like standard to gauge against what kind of church do I want to be in now? Like what kind Mm. of community do I want to be in now? And it wasn't me being like, God, like I just want something that's not like that. It wasn't like that. It was, I want a church 
that really is um, aligned with how God wanted the church to be. Mm. And I had a really good standard to look to to measure that. So thanks, PP. Thanks. Thank good you. church. Go be a part of a good church. Yes. Bible study, read, learn as a group. Yeah. And um, yeah, kids, don't be afraid to teach your kids some deep things about who God is. I love it. They can handle awesome. it. They really can. They sure can. They sure can. Okay. Now I know we're getting late, so we're going to just end with a fun one, okay? If you could write any kind of book, because you read so much, what kind of book would it be? Maybe you should answer this first. I want to know what you would write. No, no, no. I, can I guess what I think you would write? You'd be what? really good. What? What? You should write romance novels. <laughs> I'm not a romantic so person. No, no, but you're I'm so into it. Like, you, yeah, you, I know, but no, I gotta no, be somewhat like original. Watching, you like watching The Golden Bachelor and stuff. I, I think you could like write good Christian romantic novels. Oh my gosh. You know, there, you know, that is an actual group. There is an actual is genre. Is that a genre? Yeah, there's, Get so out of here. There is actually a book that went completely viral. It's old now. I think they even made it into like a movie, like Prime even made it into a movie. They took the story of Jose and Gomer and made it into a real romance. Sua, Sua, you, I, I think you got to try. You're you such a gifted writer. You should start with Samson and Delilah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you're such a gifted writer. And I think you should, when your kids, I think you should just take a stab and then just never know what happens, you know? You Can you imagine? Know. Can you but, imagine? But what book would you write? If you could write any kind of book, any genre, what would it be for you? I, I, I thought it would be romantic. It'd be nice. But anyway, what would it be? What would you like? offer? I mean, I really wish yes. that I could be like, so, no, I mean, this, you're crazy. This conversation no, I mean, we just had proves you have a lot to offer. No, no, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to, to learn think, like, what would yeah, I write? Yeah. Um, I'm probably the only it would book be I could. Fun. Like, you would okay, enjoy so it. So, Jen Shen, my friend, it would write itself. My best yeah. friend once said to me, like, wouldn't you want to write like a memoir or something? What kind of mm -hmm. memoir would I write? I have nothing that happened in my life. Like, it, literally, <laughs> I have like nothing to talk about. There, nothing has happened. Um, you know what I mean? Um, oh. there's a lot. You just have to take a deep look and ask God to open it up. But memoir, really? You would do memoir? No, I would not because oh, okay, I have no okay. I have no content. Okay. So then what would if you could say say this? A, a publisher comes to you and say, Sua, we want to publish a book by you. What do you want to write on? They let you do anything. What would it be? What would you do? I I think I think it would have to be a romance. I have literally yeah. nothing else. So, uh, I think you'd be amazing. I think you'd be the Christian the I... Christian version of Danielle Steele. <laughs> is that is that the romantic woman? That the, the romantic. I, mean, I don't read her. Yeah. She's not my cup of tea. But okay. she is very very what's, famous. What's the what's yeah? I just think you could be the Christian romance novel. Like it'd be amazing. It'd be amazing. You should try that. You should try that. Let me think about let me pray on that. Okay. Right. Well, start start I, with poems or short stories. Start with a short story. Well, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I anyway. I just feel like in order to write romance, you have to be romantic because you gotta like write but, things to like make people swoon. Um, you yeah, know what I mean? But you, but you know how to I think you know how to do that. Like I even though you may not have John like, has much never of that, swooned but... by any romantic gesture or comment I have ever made. <laughs> like ask him, he'll be like, She's so not romantic. You you read you read enough where I think you can do. It. I think do you, you think your wife job. Jenny could write a romance novel? Hell no. Okay, exactly. <laughs> we are basically the same people. Hell no, she can't. We're basically the same people. We just yeah, have but, no romance no, but, inclination in but us. My wife also never ever watches like like dating stuff. 
She's not into that stuff. She, she watches like, Korean dramas, and that's all she does romance. Watch Korean dramas. Yeah, she does watch Korean yeah. dramas. She enjoys that. You know yeah. what? Okay, I will answer it. I would probably like to write a book based on the sociology or science of like attraction or romance and sex because this really fascinates okay. me the world of attraction and why people like certain people okay like, i feel like i would have been an amazing matchmaker but like i just i just don't have i, I think That's i'm so too serious. risk averse i'm too risk averse <laughs> Like, I'm so scared so, uh, of what will happen if I match okay. two. You know that Korean saying? Do you know the Korean saying about matchmaking? What? I think it goes no, something like, if you do it well, you'll get like a bunch of bags of rice. But if you do it wrong, you'll get slapped in the face like multiple times. Like, basically, it's a big responsibility is what it is. Wow. It's like, it could go really well or really bad. Um, wow. And I just feel like, but I feel like I've studied so much. I, you know, maybe I should think about being a matchmaker. You know, that's yeah. like a huge thing in like certain cultures. I should be the Korean matchmaker. No, you should write a book. You should write a. I feel like you know what? I don't know why, but as I was coming up with questions, I that, that was a fun question. But I thought, oh, I think I think you should think about writing. I think people would want to read, and and uh, and now you know you don't necessarily need a contract. You can do like self publishing too. There's a lot of different things you can do. So I think you should think about it. And it could be really good, but anyway, Sue, this was fun. Thank this you for letting me Those ask were you. such fun questions. Yeah, I have other questions, but you, you really know, thought you, about I it. I knew I knew it was gonna get. I knew it was gonna get over time, so we can't. We'll save it maybe for another time. But it was so good to uh, that was super fun. A, let our audience glean from your wisdom, but also learn <laughs> yeah, a little okay. bit more about you. <laughs> Why are you here? Okay. Wisdom, wisdom. You're so funny. No, I'm serious. You you share some really deep stuff, which I'm hoping that our audience really. Um, have something to think about. So it's really good. So awesome. Folks, Sue would love to hear from you. She would love to hear your I affirmation because she loves affirmation. All right. She would love to hear it. So if <laughs> you get something out of this post, I mean, she hates affirmation. So if you liked something, it would be, you would make Sue's day if you affirmed her. Make sure you reply on a comment. You share this episode on social media with people. Let them know. And uh, I think it would be really awesome. So we just want to thank you so much for listening. You thank guys you are the so best. Much. Happy, happy new year. Have an amazing day. Take care. We'll see you next week.